When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude partner in hope today by visiting musicgives.org. It's been another busy news week, and we like to review the major stories of the week here on the Black Information Network. Today, we are joined by Black Information Network news anchors, Vanessa Tyler and Mike Stevens to discuss this week's major stories. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I'm your host, Ramses Ja. All right, you two, the dynamic duo. Welcome back to the show. Vanessa, how have you been? Very good. How are you, Ramses? It's I'm been flourishing. holiday season. Of course, you know, is busy, busy, busy. Absolutely. But, uh, but I've been great. Thank you. A wonderful, wonderful. Mike, how about you, my man? I am truly blessed. Glad to be here today. That's exactly That's what I want to hear. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, let's get to the news. Uh, first up, two major political news stories made headlines this week. First, embattled New York Republican George Santos was expelled from Congress, and then former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy announced his plans to resign from Congress at the end of the year. Vanessa, let's start with you. Give us some more details on these stories and, of course, the implications, Mike, and naturally we're going to follow up with you afterwards. Well, of course, uh, George Santos uh, made history. Um, the first member of Congress in more than 20 years to be expelled, mm. he, uh, he was basically on his way out for a while. Um, not only talk about something that two sides of the aisle can agree on. Mm -hmm. There were many Republicans who wanted him gone as well as Democrats. So it was a bipartisan effort, so mm -hmm. to speak. But yeah, he's out. And then the announcement that McCarthy is going to be stepping down, also something that was kind of expected. But what it really does, the big picture, is the balance of power. Mm -hmm. um, right now, um, the Republicans, as you know, are in control of the House. And with the maps being re redrawn in many of states, it's really going to be tight for them to retain control. And you know what that means? That means we will have a Black speaker if the Democrats gain control of the House. And that would be um, leader Hakeem Jeffries. So it's a uh, it's an interesting time for Republicans. And if so, that would be Democrat control of the Senate, Democrat control of the House. And of course, you know, we still have President Biden in control of the executive branch at the White House. Indeed. Indeed. Mike, give us your thoughts. 
Yeah, there are so many questions about what's going to happen next year. Of course, the presidential election will be the biggest part. And with the person, whoever wins the race, often they bring people in from their party on their coattails. So we'll see what happens with that. I mean, so many things could happen between now and then. And then you add to it the resignations from both parties, more than three dozen this year. We're really not sure what party is going to be in control. Uh, so next year will be one to watch. Yeah. You know what it is? I think that um, the Republican Party has famously been underperforming in the House. Um, this is the least productive uh, Congress in, I think, since the Depression or before the Depression, something like that. That's what comes to mind. You may know a little bit more about this, but I've I've heard this uh, from a couple of different sources in, in maybe 100 years. This is the least productive um, Congress and the inability of Republicans to get on the same page about the simplest things uh, is is very challenging for Republican leadership to to grapple with. And the fact that they're losing two votes in the House um, when they already have been very unproductive is just kind of telling of the state of, you know, the Republican Party at present. Um, plus, I need to add that an expulsion in George Santos's case that requires a two thirds majority of the House. And that type of vote is <laughs> that's a very challenging number to reach, you know, and the fact that I think that both sides of the aisle could agree on it just shows you know, I think that Vanessa, you were alluding to this just shows how problematic George Santos was. And and you mentioned that he's been on his way out for a while. I would imagine he's been on his way out since right around the time that he made it in, because I, you know, we've covered his story for so long about how just a, a person who could just lie his way into office. And now that he's facing, I think it's something like 23 felony counts he's facing a maximum penalty of 20 years behind bars. And we know that we'll probably take a plea deal, but um, just to be in that predicament, to not step down, to not uh, acknowledge that this is an embarrassment to your party. I think it just shows that, you know, at least at present, there's not a lot of teamwork happening. There's a lot of Republican individualism. And I think that is reflective of Trumpism, and Trump's effect on the Republican Party, instead of it being about us, it's about instead of it being about the us, it is about the me. And, and to think that you can get rid of get get away with anything. And I just want to add one thing really please. quickly mm -hmm. is that um, he is from my area, um, the New York area where I am right now. Mm -hmm. And his constituents wanted him out. Mm -hmm. They truly hated him to represent them. And he, you know, at one point he had a hearing uh, in the Long Island area and he and he threw a kiss to the people who were chanting to get rid of him. So he was kind of like flagrant yeah. in terms of not not getting, you know, giving up his seat and letting someone else uh, get in there to do the job. And the governor, Governor Hochul, who is a Democrat, basically her response was good riddance. Yeah. Now we can get somebody in there that can do some work. Um, as you mentioned, the Republicans have not been really effective this calendar. Yeah, yeah. And and I think that from his district, I think that um, Democrats are, are looking at that like they have a, a a good chance of 
having a Democrat elected from that district. I believe in the past, if I, if I remember correctly, in the past, um, they've been able to elect Democrats from his district. Right. And so um, that's kind of what they're looking at, especially considering that the Republican elective re- representative has been such a national embarrassment for, for those people as well. So um, so we'll see what happens with the uh, slowly eroding Republican majority in the House and what effect that has on the political stage. So moving on, the identity of the inmate involved in the prison stabbing of convicted ex-cop Derek Chauvin was recently released along with his startling claims behind his motive for stabbing Chauvin. Mike, this time we'll start with you. Start us off with this story and then Vanessa will follow up with you. Yeah, the uh, the George Floyd killing is undoubtedly one of the biggest stories uh, that is that is hit in this country and really worldwide in the last few years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Derek Chauvin was probably the most infamous person in America because of that death. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of people believe something like this could happen in prison um, and, in fact, was probably likely so Derek Chauvin was stabbed 22 times by another inmate. He did survive the attack, still recovering. The suspect believed responsible is a man named John Tursak, who was a former member of the Mexican mafia. Mm-hmm. And he's now facing various charges like attempted murder. Interesting to note, he was about to get out of prison in about three years. Now, if he's convicted of this, you know, he's in for another 20. Um, and as to why he did this, he told investigators he attacked Chauvin on Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, as a what he said was a symbolic connection to the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm-hmm. Um, also, he says he stabbed Chauvin because he was a high profile inmate. Who knows what the real reason is? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure we're, we're pretty close. <laughs> that might just be the reason. But Vanessa, let's get your thoughts. Well, when we first reported this story, I think I said something about prison justice. Mm-hmm. It always surfaces um, when you're behind bars. Um, if you don't get it in terms of the legal system, you will get it behind bars. And so, like Mike said, it was kind of almost expected. I'm surprised he survived this long. Um, so he was a target. Um, and now there, of course, are concerns of what to do going forward in terms of Chauvin's safety uh, behind bars, because he's got a lot of time to do. Yeah. So it's um, it, it's it's interesting um, uh, what happened. I mean, he literally nearly died mm-hmm. uh, behind uh, prison yeah. walls. Twenty two times. That's a lot of yeah. different stabbings. Yeah. It, it is. Uh, and it, it was a makeshift knife. Uh, in the prison, in the prison library where it went down. So um, this is this is what happens behind bars. I mean, uh, so many people can tell us the horrors that go on there. And this is just another example of it. Uh, yeah, certainly he's a target and likely will be a target again if they have a, the opportunity to get at him. Yeah, yeah. You know, I read the um, the report from the Department of Justice and, uh, you know, we've covered everything that that it talks about. But one of the things that I was looking for is a photo of yeah. John Tursak and you find one. I, yeah, I couldn't, there was, there's one photo that, um, it, it ended up being a photo of another man. And then there was a separate photo, but I could not confirm from a credible source that it was indeed 
John Tursak. And so this is like kind of the great mystery because from what I understand, and, you know, I grew up on the West Coast, um, in prison, there's a, a, there's a, there's a hard line between black people, Mexican people and white people. And these are kind of like big, big prison gangs, if you will. Right. And for the most part, if you're black or, or maybe other, you will kind of fit in with black people. Um, if you're Mexican and you can speak Spanish, that sort of thing, then you, you know, fit in with Mexican people. And there's some division there too. There's, if I'm not mistaken, Norteños and just different divisions in, in, in terms of Mexican gangs. But if it all comes down, they, they'll stand together. And then of course there's the Aryans, um, famously the white people in, in prison. So to know that this person was once the, I, I believe it, it said he was a leader of the Mexican mafia and that he carried out this attack on a person responsible for the black lives matter moment in history through the killing of George Floyd um, and did so on black Friday. My, my feeling is that um, he, he really was trying to, you know, make a name for himself, of course, uh, because he's such a high profile inmate, but also he was trying to show some solidarity because who picks a day like Black Friday just to add a little bit of um to the message. So um, to your point, Vanessa, I think you were spot on. Uh, I think that's I mean, from what I, from where I sit, I, I couldn't tell you that there would be a more logical reason to stab a person 22 times on black Friday, you know, especially this person. So I, I should mention real quick though. I, I, I look for that picture as well. And yeah. it did have a description of who this guy is, the, the stabber as mm -hmm. being white. Mm -hmm. So yeah. whether he was white and working in the Mexican mafia had sympathies to the BLM, who knows, but it, he's described as a white man, not a black guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I figured that he was, lighter than than we are so i figured he might be mexican or yeah someone with a bit less melanin so uh if he's being described as white that's that could be on brand as well because there are some very light-skinned uh hispanic people who could pass for white um sometimes people are half you know mexican and they'll put white but they'll live a very mexican life i know lots of people like that um because of how they they look they're how they're what is it the uh, phenotype how it's manifest in their in their physicality. So, so yeah, we'll we'll wait. We'll see. Eventually, a picture will come out. I'm anxious to see. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. People don't always realize just how much their negative thoughts and experiences stick with them and weigh them down. You may find your brain constantly running through a highlight reel of bad moments. That comment your friend made last week that hurt your feelings. That frustrating thing your mom does. Or that silly thing you said in a meeting. Maybe it's time to get it all off your chest. Whether it's a tiny annoyance or something much bigger, talking about it can give you some relief and lead you to a potential solution. That's where therapy comes in. It's a safe space to share whatever's weighing you down and learn to process it so your internal highlight reel can focus on the good stuff. And BetterHelp offers affordable online therapy on a schedule that works for you. Connect with a licensed therapist by text, phone, or video call. Start the process in minutes and switch therapist anytime. Let it out with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com BIN today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot BIN.
Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Black Information Network news anchors Vanessa Tyler and Mike Stevens are here with us discussing the week's major stories. All right. Another day, another Karen gets caught spewing racism on camera. This time it's against a delivery driver attempting to do his job. And the comments caught on tape are very disturbing. Vanessa, let's start with you this time. Tell us more about the story and then Mike will have you come up second. You know, it's always interesting when mental illness meets racism, um, you get all kinds of things. So I don't know, you know, whether this woman was crazy. Oftentimes when you see people, you know, going off like that, there is some kind of issue. Um, But, you know, the bigger picture is that we have these, you know, now it's a full category, a Karen. That's a whole different subject. And we've got reams a video of them acting out. Um, it's a situation that's kind of always been there, but now we're identifying it and we see it and now everyone else sees it. So I believe even a lot of Caucasian people can recognize a Karen because there's that's the woman who's ranting. That's the woman who makes no sense at all. So it's to me, when I hear these stories and we, we run them, but it's now become just so commonplace. But there have been always been Karens. I mean, when you think about going back to slavery, oh, you know, yeah. there were, were Karens. When you think about Emmett Till, there was a Karen. So it's it, in the history. They've been there uh, forever. And quite honestly, because they get away with it um, and because they feel entitled, they'll probably continue to have these rants and and we'll continue to roll video on them and continue to talk about it. Absolutely. Mike, let's get your thoughts. Yeah. You know, I was thinking back over the last few years when these kinds of stories have become more prominent and 
man, there's been so many cases. I don't have a, a formal list, but you know, you think about black people, uh, the police being called on black people doing ordinary things, mm-hmm. you know, delivering food, driving in a car, walking in their neighborhood. Yeah. Walking through their own neighborhood, going into their own house. Um, they were accused of burglarizing an Airbnb. They were renting. Uh, there was a story of a young, of a black woman. I think it was Harvard who was sitting in a common area with other students and somebody called uh, the police on her. And she's a student there. She wasn't doing anything. She was just sitting there. And there's just so many of these cases. And it's just, it's just racism, plain and simple. It's called doing whatever normal activity while black. black. Absolutely. You know, what's funny is because um, sometimes Karen's, sometimes they have the police do their bidding for them. And, uh, I'm famously very critical of the way policing is done in this country. But at the tip of that iceberg, there is a Karen, you know, calling the police saying there's a man walking through my neighborhood who looks suspicious. And I think that, you know, when we when we look at Karen's, I think that there's a stronger case made for what has become known as critical race theory than ever. Really, again, you and I know that it's really just teaching American history, but you know, critical race theory, uh, as it's now known, <laughs> can't believe we lost that one, but you know, I don't mind. Um, I think it's, it's very important because I think that education drives out ignorance in the way that light drives out darkness. Um, education drives out hatred and, and fear and racism. And I think that people are very comfortable with their fear. And this is why there are these attacks on racism. And um, I think that these Karen stories, if they continue, it will be because they are, the population is, is less educated than it really needs to be. So um, let's do our part and make sure that we're at least educating the people that we can. Moving on for our final story, uh, we're going to head down to Jacksonville, Florida, with an update on the black victims recently killed at the jo- at a Dollar General store. Uh, Mike, we're going to start with you this time. Give us the latest on this story, and then Vanessa will come to you for your thoughts to close out today's program. All right. So the backstory is this happened a couple of uh, months ago. Mm-hmm. A white man uh, tried to get into an HBCU in Jacksonville. He was armed. He backed off when he saw a black security guard at the school. Um, police say he then went to a nearby Dollar General store and started a racist shooting of black people there. These are innocent people who, just like at the top supermarket in Buffalo last year, uh, were just shopping. And they were murdered. So now the victim's family, fast forward, are suing Dollar General, the security company, and the shooter's parents. And the suit calls the security company negligent. It says Dollar General failed to protect its customers and workers. And the uh, the shooter's family should have been aware that this guy was a dangerous person. He, he was obsessed with guns and violence. And after the fact, deputies say he they found a, a detailed manifesto, which in his words, explain why he specifically targeted blacks in that store. So this is the kind of thing that really could happen at any store, any mall, any place, any time. But it's another example of people just taking their, you know, taking their obsession against black people out uh, by shooting them. And I, I should mention to you that there are places, I believe Georgia's one, where people can walk around with guns um, on them. 
And there are many armed black groups who, if you wanted to pick a fight with somebody uh, and you wanted to prove something, you could probably <laughs> go after one of them. But yeah. innocent people in the store just minding their business, children, women, men, it doesn't matter. It's just it's just wrong. Yeah. Vanessa, let's get your thoughts. Well, as a result, the, there were just the families, um, relatives uh, who are who are left behind are suing. Um, they're suing because they say the store should have had security. Uh, the security was lax. But like Mike says, it can happen anywhere. It can happen in church where someone comes in gunning for black people. It mm-hmm. happened in church. It mm-hmm. happened in a supermarket. Mm-hmm. So it becomes a situation where you, you don't really feel safe anywhere. Um, I know for myself, when I go into the shop, right, I'm looking around if somebody looks suspicious because you need to find a way to get out. You never know when someone starts shooting. And that's the the issue with mass shootings. You just never know. But anyway, um, they're suing uh, because they said the Dollar General should have had more security. Yeah. You know, I saw something recently on uh, HBO, um, John Oliver usually does these extended, well-researched stories where he talks about, you know, different things that are very interesting. And he uncovers a lot of corruption a lot of the time. And uh, one of the shows that he did um, was about stores that are similar to this one and perhaps even stores like under this name uh, and how they how they work, like kind of how the business model works. They'll be in really poor neighborhoods where there's a lot of food insecurities or the food deserts, if you will. And this will be the only place where the community can go. And so what you have is a store that is really geared toward poor people, where there's not a lot of nutrition on the shelves, if you will. There's not a lot, you know, it's just how it goes. You know, it's, it's either that or it's really nothing, you know, for a lot of these places. But um those stores they there's always like a push to reopen when they're robbed um there's a you know obviously they'll check to see is everyone okay okay how soon can you reopen like this sort of thing um and you know when when i watched this episode and you know feel free for our listeners feel free to check it out it's it's very well done but you start to get an idea of how a store like this could be culpable um, in failing to realize exactly where they are, exactly what risks there are, and exactly what shortcuts these some of these businesses are are willing to take in order to maximize profits. And it, it's 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 very interesting to see that now a lawsuit's been filed because again, after seeing that special, one could definitely make an argument and obviously these lawyers did uh to suggest that you know the management was was somehow culpable in this act and so we'll wait and see what what comes of it but for now these are the stories of the week as always i'd like to thank you both very much for your time once again today's guests are black information network news anchors vanessa tyler and mike stevens this has been a production of the black information network today's show was produced by chris thompson have some thoughts you'd like to share? Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I am your host, Ramses Ja, on all social media, and I'll be hosting another episode of Civic Cipher this weekend on a station near you. 
for stations, showtimes, and podcast info. Check civiccipher.com. And join us Monday as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.